I've got the boys together. Jonas. So do what? Spank the bastards. Warning. Hang with the boys contains adult language and discussions. If you're easily offended or you're a superhero, do not continue to listen. Pardon my French. Fuck those fuckers. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Hang with the Boys podcast. We are back once again as we are discussing season three, episode four. I am your host, Thomas Cowley. Joined with me, I've got Ryan Denton. Sup? We've got Michael Flores. Holler. And we've got our special guest, special friend, A.B. with us as well. Special. Hello, boys. <laughs> She's our Kimiko for this group. She oh, talks, okay. though. She talks, though. I was going to she... say, so you want me to be quiet? No. Like every other woman. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> well, there goes all the listener base immediately. That's what Creepy's saying. You know, it, it's an allegory for women, you know, remaining silent. <laughs> The kind of highfalutin discussions we can understand over I like here. To, I like to really get into my characters. <laughs> like to embody my shit healness. Yeah. So, what's your inspiration for Kamiko? Eh, women should shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awful. That'd be the end of the show. Yeah, oh, fucking hell. Canceled. <laughs> All right, so this show here, besides being very controversial out the fucking gate, <laughs> is to discuss the Amazon Prime show, The Boys, where we break down and discuss the, the show, the writing, the directing, the acting, the style, everything about it from a fan perspective. Uh, this here has become a new kind of thing that we've done as a spinoff of our own previous show, Supernatural, The Crossroads. If you're a fan of Eric Kripke's previous work, I highly recommend uh, you listen to us. I'd, I'd like to think we're good, but at the same time, if you didn't like what you heard already, it's not going to get better. They're so, already listening to us, though. <laughs> yeah, they're already listening. Hey, I recommend you should listen to us. No, The Crossroads. Well, oh, oh, okay. The Crossroads. Right. But if you didn't like what we've heard already, it's not going to get better. I don't say anything controversial like that in Supernatural. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Shut, shut yeah. the fuck up right okay. now. I'm pretty I'm All right. great shooter. So if you guys are not aware, uh, you can find all of our content wherever you listen to podcasts. Just search Hang With The Boys, iTunes, Spotify, any of your preferred places. Uh, if you guys are fans and like what we've done, please leave a review. It helps us more than you know. So today we're discussing episode four, Glorious Five-Year Plan, which sounds like a Nazi reference. <laughs> I, is From, that, it's kind of like the point, right? Yeah, think, yeah, yeah. Vaught and their whole the final you know, terribleness. See, I I think of like uh, Big Daddy when the old guy had a five year plan with his old balls. And wow, you guys haven't watched great reference. You guys haven't watched Big Daddy. In a Super while. relevant. Yeah, <laughs> guy had a five year plan, Jesus and you could tell what role Ryan plays on the Supernatural oh, show. Oh yeah. fucking hell! <laughs> really informative. <laughs> Not the informative one. Well, speaking of Supernatural, Supernatural fans uh, will recognize some of the talent behind this episode. We have this one directed by Julian Holmes, but written by one of our favorite writers yeah. from the last couple of years, Meredith Glenn. Yep. Who had a, for us, had a rocky start on Supernatural with one just really kind of odd episode, but fucking knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Each and every time after that and did great, great work. And... For this episode, I don't think that's a whole lot different really here. The synopsis for this one, the boys search for a mysterious weapon in Russia while things are brewing behind the scenes at Vought. Plenty of trouble, gore, and twists who foresee. Can I just say one thing? Sure. Meredith Glenn, as you had mentioned, 
was a writer on Supernatural. Mm -hmm. First script she's given to write, he makes Jensen bare ass. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't, that was Hell not lost yes, on me. Hell yes, she does. I fucking love it. <laughs> because in her deviant mind, she's like, I've been wanting to do this for, for fucking, so fucking seven years. years. You know, too, you know how God. many fans of Supernatural just fucking lost it. And that's on pause she's right now. high DMs. Guarantee you, dude. Oh, yeah. All the nasties, Thank the Supernatural you. nasties. I waited 15 years. Waited 15 years to see Jensen's ass. First fucking scene. Did you see what Eric Kripke put on Twitter? No. no. Okay, so like Amazon was having some sort of issue. It didn't drop at the right time and blah, blah, blah. And finally, when it, when they finally got the issue fixed, he tweeted out the boys stuff from Amazon and was like, we shall all remember the day that Jensen's ass broke the internet. <laughs> <laughs> I, I did think that was hilarious. Like so many people had to have paused that at that oh, moment for, too. Dude, that's been screenshot. 800 times, dude. Oh, 800,000 times, dude. Like, let's get real. People have wanted that, like I said, for 15 years. It's just an ass, guys. It's not that big. It's not that big. It's not well, just an ass. some of us was trying to look around that hip to see if there was anything. <laughs> there was no penis pay. there for you to see, okay? There was, I know, but some of us were trying. I paused it to see. I was like, could I see something between his legs? Wow. Yeah, I did. There was a shadow there. Jensen's not packing that, okay? Let's you relax. don't want to think, but he is. You know my biggest problem with movies when they do butt shots? You is know, you don't see the dick on the other side? Listen, Whoa. <laughs> you got to see your balls at least. <sighs> some hang down. And, and at least there was some shadow there. I was like, all right. How, how close did you zoom in? You zoomed in pretty close. Someone had to be responsible if, for lighting his ass. Yeah. <laughs> like someone had to make sure. <laughs> you, you guys ambient I, light in that I area. I volunteer's tribute. <laughs> Jensen's all. Do you guys want to stand in for this? I don't want to stand here naked. And Meredith Glenn, you know, so you fucking she, stand she, right there. Usually writers aren't on set, but she was there. <laughs> she was on set that day. No, 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 Yeah, she was. She's like, no, 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 no standing. No, you. This, well, I probably, this is gonna take. There's very no long. stunt ass coming in. For you know this, what? Okay? We weren't recording. We're gonna have to do it again. <laughs> yeah. Oh darn it. <laughs> all right. Take, take seven. Take one hundred. <laughs> I need to get uh, a cutaway. I wonder on if he was. I wonder if he had something covering up his junk on the front. Like, of oh yeah, he did. of course yeah. he did. He's such a skinny yeah, there. I just walk well, around butt ass naked, dude. Fuck it. You would. Well, you know that was his first day on set, right? Uh, just being butt ass naked. Initiation. That's yeah. Starts early. Welcome to yeah. welcome to the boys. Now get naked. Watch Pretty much. Cock. How badly you want this job? See, if I was Meredith Glenn, I would have slow played. I would have felt. I would have felt like everyone knew what I was doing. Right. So you would have waited. Enter screen left. Soldier boy. <laughs> Nude <laughs> from behind, ass shot. <laughs> That's probably exactly what it says. No fucking shame. <laughs> I fucking love her more. It was amazing. Uh, fuck. You need to tweet her that. Uh, I'm this, sure. I'm sure people just have tweet and be like, already. Hey, is this no, what just, the script just, look like? Just tweet for a exactly tweet for a screenshot of the page. Yeah. Right. See what it says. That's all we need. Way to do right by the supernatural fans. I've been wanting that forever. Seriously. All we need is that one little thing of screen direction. <laughs> I'll tweet her right now and ask her if she'll screenshot that, that fucking script. page. Yeah, you should. You I'll absolutely right should. Now. So that'd be amazing. So while a lot of fans were definitely uh, enthralled, that's the word I'll use by that scene <laughs> with this whole, with this season so far, we have discussed in the previous uh, couple of episodes are, we had a few issues with some of the quality of the writing for season three 
Not that any of it was bad. We did, we have not complained that it's bad or poorly done or that the show is no good or anything to that extent. Which is that it was not quite on the same level as the first two seasons. And there's a couple of different reasons for that. One of the issues being its own kind of chapter bookend aspect. This, the flow of the narrative so far was a little constrained due to some of the plot issues being that seasons one and two are essentially one story. It has a nice beginning, middle, and it kind of closes all the major plot, uh, plot points that were going on at that time. And then with season three, this really does feel like the beginning of a new chapter. There was a time jump, major things have happened, characters have taken different roles and jobs and, and various other aspects have changed in their day-to-day -day life. So you have a couple of episodes where you have to essentially restructure, lay a new foundation, set up a new driving force, dramatic aspect for these characters. And so that's going to take a little bit of time. Secondly, the other aspect that we, we had a bit of an issue with, and, and it might be just us personally, but I think it was more of a concern of what might happen. And that was due to the sparse plot for most of those first three episodes, the writers seem to be using an excessive amount of violence and gore to shock audiences to apply additional value through the people discussing, Oh my God, can you believe what we saw and what happened? And they hadn't really done that before in seasons one and two, a lot of the violence and gore was there, but it was always for maybe not always, but I would say 90% of the time used to advance the plot, set new boundaries, push things or develop what was happening with our characters and the story as a whole. And in, the first three episodes of this season, it felt more like it was less intellectual and more simply to shock people. Right. Exploitive is the right term. The, there's a giant penis and it explodes. Well, what did that have to do with anything? Nothing really. That's that's that we were afraid would fall into some bad habits that other shows had succumbed to, namely the walking dead game of Thrones last couple of seasons and I think you brought up Preacher as another example. Yeah, many times when you have shows that are built on these types of elements of exploitation, you find yourself as a writer trying to one-up yourself. Right. And there's only so many times you can one-up yourself before it starts to feel exploitive. And as you said, Thomas, seasons one through two, fine. It worked. The violence didn't feel exploitive. It was shocking, but for a narrative aspect, It always too. served a, a point to the story. It was to help with the narrative flow. Right. And as you said, the, the opening three episodes, it just didn't really feel like it was relevant to what was actually happening. Now, moving into episode four, we can see some of those dots that we weren't quite connecting. And now we see what they're trying to do. And that's why I feel like overall episode four is the actual episode that really brings those first three episodes together and makes them more relevant and less just simply ex exploitive. Yeah. Now those were our gripes. And that being said, this episode does kind of, I would say much more than the last few manage to live up to the quality and the standards that we 
have become accustomed to with Kripke, the boys, and the writing room from season one two, and two. This feels more in line with that. There is some violence. There is some gore. Some of it is over the top, but it serves a purpose. It's not just a scene there for no reason. And the narrative moves along either for a character or for the group as a whole because of what we see. Yeah. Well, the, I mean, a, a great example is watching Butcher laser guys in half. It shows the power that he has when he takes the temp B. Well, and it, there's just a purpose. sheer arrogance as he's walking out and getting shot and right. not giving a fuck. There's, there's, a, there's a reason for that gore. There's a reason for that violence. And it shows the power that he has when he takes that And drug. the danger. And the danger of taking it. And Huey is another example right. of that. Exactly. So Honestly, I, maybe the gerbil was the only one that's like, why? <laughs> there were the hamster, I, sorry. Oh, come on. I thought for sure it was going to go up someone's ass. Dude, yeah. okay. Yeah. I, I was hoping I wasn't the only one. <laughs> I thought so. Dude, I'm like, oh, that's a gerbil? That's going up someone's ass. Yep. I, the first thing that popped in my head Grab was the M&M Shove a gerbil in your, your ass, ass through, through a tube. tube. <laughs> I thought for sure that was good. He went in the dude's eye, and I laughed, but I'm like, that should have went in his ass. But that was that was the only one, like, violence. That should have. Should have went in his ass. I can see Ryan, Ryan the script supervisor. Guys, I really think he we need more anal penetration with this hamster. Yeah, if he was the, the executive producer. He's it like, listen, I look, really guys, like Meredith. I really like what you did with this script, but I really think that dribble has got to go up someone's asshole. He's got to nibble on someone's asshole. Yeah, just a little bit. It's a okay, Russian wait, asshole. Wait, so, so who wants to bet that was originally what was going to happen, and Amazon was like, nope. Oh. Maybe because we keep hearing you know what those it was? stories. You know what it was? It was a there was a rock paper scissors contest, <laughs> and it was either <laughs> hamster up the ass or human up the dick hole. Oh, and somebody won the, the won. somebody oh, won the coin flip, man. I think I would have rather have seen the gerbil. Well, that, you, that dick thing ruined my life. Really? <laughs> Did you see the behind the scenes shot of the huge cock? No. That was a huge. I mean, not dickhead. on that show. Like, they're, oh yeah, yeah. They, they, was they, it was a practical thing. effect. Yes. Yeah, they made it as yes. a set. Yeah. Can, <laughs> Can you, you imagine? You being, up, what are you like, working on today, honey? <laughs> well, well, hun, um, hun. I, I really would love to tell you, uh, but um, just making a paper mache dick, dear. <laughs> I'll be home at seven. <laughs> a lot of these uh, these construction guys, the carpenters, <laughs> the guys that build sets, they don't know what's going on with the story. No. So imagine being handed a build? note. So you what are we building what? today? You bring the foreman oh, on. Tip? He's all, wait, wait, what are we building? A you're, penis building tip? you're building the inside of a dick hole. Are we on a porn shoot, Bill? <laughs> I thought this was an Amazon <laughs> show. the face of the people building that. They're like, wait, what are we doing? <laughs> I'll tell you what, at that point, I would require them to let me see the script. I don't know if that's how it like, works. Look, I mean, which, look, which is if worse? You, if you want to, if you want me to build a dick, I gotta be inside why. of it. You gotta let me walk around. Which, which is worse, being if the people who like me to build a dick? <laughs> if you build it, they will come. Oh, God damn it! You're, you're popping a lot. I don't know why. I don't know. Why. Yeah, let's do a quick mic check on the air because we're professionals. Go <laughs> yeah, ahead. We, <laughs> check, check, mic check. That's weird. I don't know. Maybe the filter was too close. Which is worse, being the one to build the giant dick or the one who has to, like, paint and color the veins? <laughs> See, that's I was wondering about that, too, because I feel like maybe the guy that has to paint, like, the... Uh, you can get closer. I don't, know what's, I don't know what's going on. He, sound, he is pretty close. He just sounds... um, I feel like the guy that has to build it, because he's got to... He had to yeah, look you at... You have to do... He's architectural do drawings right? of a penis. He's got to look at the inside of a right. urethra, right? Or like, just at least the structure... 
Gotta know. He's right? in the bathroom with a tape measure. He's and like, just, like doing just, math. He's he's got his pee hole spread open so he can see inside it. Yeah, he right. called Caitlyn Jenner's doctor and just, <laughs> you know, as a consult. Oh right. Yeah. All right. Enough, he, he enough, got some enough of the behind the scenes TikTok. photos or Jesus Christ. Anyway, this is bringing back. And here we're talking about like the quality of the storytelling, and then we go on like twelve minutes about. Hey, dick. Listen, Look, this is dude. this is the only show on I'm the network where we are not going to get anyone to complain. No, because if, allowed, we do, yeah. if we do these jokes on Supernatural, we get complaints sometimes mm-hmm. because they're watching essentially a PG-13 show. Yeah, this close show to PG. is, this is, uh, is almost NC-17. Yeah. yeah. It probably so, should yeah. be. If you're going to complain about us, and you're probably not watching the show. I mean, look, dude, I, I feel like... Well, I feel it's like, rated yeah, we, 18 plus on Amazon. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. We can get away with this. Yeah. No penises are shown, just big ones. Well, we had no penises were harmed during the filming of episode <laughs> one, two, three, or four. <laughs> Penis-shaped items were harmed oh, in the making oh, of episode man. four. Woo. So anyway, we had uh, we had some complaints about the gore to some respect because we didn't want it to fall off and become just exploited. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice choice of words. Uh-huh. <laughs> we didn't want it to become exploitive, but like our conversation, <laughs> right? Uh, what else will we talk about? But I think they they did a much better job with episode four. There is still some gore that you could argue is a bit exploitive, but it serves a purpose for, like we said, either a character or the narrative as a whole. And one of those characters is Kamiko in this episode. She being used and treated like a weapon, treated subhuman, is something that has kind of been brewing for a little bit now. And it's us bringing... It, her being used as a weapon is bringing to the surface the idea that has simmered within her character's plotline and her as her own life, like since she was a child. So since the beginning of the show, really. And Meredith Glenn, doing what she does best, brought this complicated issue of human nature and not wanting to be exploited by somebody, but still having the ability to help others and where do you draw that line and dealing with the subtext in a very adult and and mature way, despite the humor and the grossness of the episode, I think is really, was really, really well done. It's something, as you said, that they've been working in the background for Kamiko for quite some time. Her issue of killing people, it's something she doesn't take the light in. When she was first introduced, she was about vengeance. That vengeance has been, has been achieved. And now she's looking at what it's doing to the people around her. We saw that in episode three when um, that one superhero killed the mascot at Brave Maves. Oh, yeah. And she was bothered because she's afraid that she is starting to look like the monster to these people that they're trying to protect. And that's what came through in this episode. And that's why ultimately... This episode and the violence that they used in this episode worked so well because it's creating a tangibility out of subtext that you can now see is forming the theme of this season. It's very much a theme of this season. Which is a warning for our protagonists when fighting monsters, beware that you yourself do not become one. That is the theme. It's happening with Butcher. It's going to happen with Huey. Look at the enjoyment oh, he had. Yeah. I mean, the thing with Kimiko, though, is is she's concerned with, 
the legacy that she's leaving behind? Is she creating more people like herself by by traumatizing. Away, traumatizing and taking away those kids' childhood by seeing someone explode? Well, and, and, and that's oh, go ahead. Yeah, and I think that's where she has to draw the line with the power. You know, it's the stupid line that we hear all the time with Spider-Man: "Great power comes great responsibility," and it eventually this great power that she has catches up with her to a point where she feels bad about killing people because you know, what kind of legacy is she leaving behind? Well, and that's one of the things that I, I do think they did very, very well with this episode in particular. And that kind of makes some of the events in the previous three uh, more poignant and not to shill for another show, but it does do a great job of that same concept. Stars black sales. When that was on, there is the good character, you know, from England who's there to bring law and order and uh, Woods Rogers. And he eventually becomes very, very dark, very, very violent to enact order and law. And that idea of becoming a monster to hunt monsters. Meanwhile, the monsters in that show are kind of the good guys. It's, it's very, it's very it's an insight into the human condition. Yes. The, the notion of fighting monsters and mm. to be careful that you don't become one as well during the process of hunting is an actual thought of existentialism. It, it's Friedrich Nietzsche's yeah. idea. It's the whole idea that when you gaze long enough into, into the, the, dark, abyss, the abyss, the abyss gazes also into you. Because it shows you... And I think Butcher is the perfect example of that. And I, that's why I like what they did with Kimiko. She's yeah. the forefront, but Butcher and Huey are the true warning characters. Like you said, warning our protagonists. He is so different when he has the power that he's always craved to really go toe-to-toe, to fight them. And it's no coincidence that he just so happened to have the same laser eyes, bulletproof aspect of Homelander. Maybe he can't fly. Maybe he's not as invulnerable. But that's a very similar and iconic aspect of Homelander's powers. And Butcher is thriving there on are, it. There are so many parallels, mm-hmm. which I am absolutely fucking loving. But there are so many parallels between Homelander and Butcher and even Soldier Boy to that respect. Because he was the asshole leader before Homelander was the asshole leader. And Butcher's and then- our asshole leader. Exactly. And then you add temporary V to it and he gets those powers that are so very similar to Homelander. I was just like, fuck yes. And it, it, I want, oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I was going to bring it back to Kamiko for a second. Yeah. Go ahead and finish your thought. No, I was doing the same thing. Just that she, while Butcher is the, and Huey are the warning of what could happen, she is definitely the surface level. And you're right, Ryan, when it comes to the, Butcher and Huey see what can be for them from a very selfish aspect. They see the power of the darkness, the abyss. They see the monster inside and they yep. like it because it gratifies something they've never had before. Right. They're, they're touching and they're, there's something that's tangible there that they've only seen from afar, but now mm-hmm. they're able to touch. Right. And I think it's, it's the ultimate corruption because you look at it and go, okay, I've got to do this because I need to become a monster to hunt a monster, but it will corrupt you in the long run. And you see it as, like you said, as Butcher gets more and more cocky doing it, he just has this swagger about him that he would never have if he didn't have those powers. And I think right. watching them dabble with what is essentially a hard drug. Yeah. It's played as an addiction yeah. for yeah. sure. So it's, 
it's a it's a it's a par- the parallel between him and Homelander. It, it, they're not that different once he takes the temp V. And I think right. that's the scary part because we always over the last three seasons, Butcher has been the air quotes the good guy. So watching him almost take this stuff and fall to the darkness that he basically is becoming what he's been trying to get rid of. Mm-hmm. And that, but I think I think Butcher was closer to that darkness anyway. Oh, for and sure. It, it it wasn't going to take much to tip him over the edge, and so I think that Temp V and the powerfulness that he felt while he was on it just pushed him over the edge. And well, that's that's that whole you know be aware that you do not become a monster yourself. Look, I mean, look if. I would just tell Maeve to fuck off with the temp shit and just give me the real thing. <laughs> I'm sick of it. Like, just stop giving me the green shit, give me the blue shit. You know, like that's let's let's stop beating around the but, bush. But see, with Huey, there's a bit of a contrast because Huey never had the swagger, never had the confidence, never had the bravado that Butcher had. And I think whereas it was Butcher was already teetering on the edge. And I think he fell deeper and darker into the badness, if you want yeah. to call it that. One of the things but that is Huey, he, it's it's more sad for Huey because he was he reminds me so much of Peter Parker, right? He's right. young, he's you know optimistic, his and, uncle's and dead, all these things. You know, and and then he takes the V and then he finally gets that confidence and and that he's never had. And so I think it's sadder because we get to see him in essence fall faster because he wasn't so close to that edge of darkness. We'll we'll come back to Huey in just a second because I want to go back a little bit because that there is all that too. True. But like I want to make a point and I just like is anyone else. Who here in the in this in the show watched True Blood? I say Mike. I I, I cannot get over the fact that they call it V and not think True Blood because that's all they ever called Vampire Blood. In and so I'm like <laughs> I have a hard time oh, that's separating the two. And I'm like, why the fuck are they talking about like in my head <laughs> like an idiot? Like why are they talking about? Vampire. Oh, they're talking it about. Remind like, yourself. Yeah, I'm like, God damn it! Why couldn't they think of a better nickname? Like, yeah. come on. But so backing up just a little bit to go to Butcher, one thing that I think that this episode did very well was for people who like hadn't quite gotten it yet was highlight the parallels between him and Homelander. He is very much relishing in the power that he has with this temporary V. He doesn't want to share it with Huey. I do think there's some truth to the it's a punishment. He doesn't want Um, to tempt Huey. It's like if you're addicted to heroin, you don't want to get someone else on it for the most part. If you're a decent human friends. Okay. If you're a decent human being, I think you know you what you're doing is killing you. You don't want to spread that. Well, and especially because Butcher is older and haggard wiser in a weird way. By life and wiser. And so he looks at Huey as a you still have a chance to not turn out like me. Right. And he has that conversation with MM that he still really does care about the team, even if he can't always portray or be that person. But what I really liked with the parallel between him and Homelander is Homelander, for the most part, always gets in people's face and tells them, as he tells Starlight, this is how it's going to fucking be. So that it's so clear and obvious, even you'll understand it. And he completely controls the groups. 
He tells them what to do, and they do it without thinking. And in this episode, Butcher does that to Frenchie in the re Russian restaurant, and more more disturbingly to Kimiko, saying, you're going to do exactly what the fuck I tell you. These are the rules. This is how it is. The only reason that is not filled with the same fear and dread that the Homelander scenes are is purely because Butcher doesn't have superpowers yet. True. And that aspect makes him all the more like Homelander because they it's it's very much that they he they hate each other because it is what they are. They see themselves, themselves. in each other. Yes. Yeah, because I was originally going to say that uh, Butcher's attitude towards the group and the members of it seems straightforward, whereas Homelander's seems menacing. But I think you're right. I think it's because he doesn't have the superpowers. Go watch those scenes again when he's talking to Kimiko and imagine he has the same superpowers as Homelander and you'll yeah. feel that same sense of fear. And... He's he's is it is being played as an addiction, and I do think that is something that's going to be advanced as the rest the rest of the season yeah, goes. Yeah, it has to. Oh, hundred percent. He's going to continue to use it, and I this is untested, so I do wonder will there be longer, more long term effects that he's not aware of, or will it start destroying? Yeah, they his, keep bringing that up. Yeah, or will it start destroying his body with because the green vomit's not normal? So will he <laughs> eventually never start green shit before? Uh, St. Patrick's Day, but ever since he started taking it, will he start to become more withdrawal-ridden, needing it? Will that be an aspect of the story that Supernatural fans from the Mark of Cain aspect will remember being so driven to blood. wanting those aspects of power? Will then he turn on the boys, or will they, as M.M. says essentially at the end of this episode in the van, he's ensured that there is no team. By his actions. So will that come to haunt him in a much it's more such, literal sense? It's such a hard thing to, to wrap your head around because there's there's two sides to this. If he doesn't take the temp V, him and Huey, they don't make it out of there. They die. Right. But I also, you know, you feel for MM because MM's trying to do it the legitimate way. So he tries to play by the book, but this tries, is not a by the book no, situation. No, this is this is this is not a by the book situation, and I think that's where the where the line gets drawn with Butcher and with them. You know, when they find Soldier Boy, I think the the ultimate thing is going to this this dark downfall of Butcher playing into this addiction because that's how they're going to play it up as an addiction. And I think watching him spiral out of control is going to be hard to watch because. It's the same thing we talk about all the time with villains is that someone doing the wrong thing for the right reason is sometimes you can you can get behind that. You justify you it. You justify yeah. it in your head. And so for, for – I still team Walter White. <laughs> I mean you're doing the, the wrong thing for the right reason and I feel – but any good villain always thinks that way. Yeah, there's no villains yeah. in your own mind. No. But I, I do, bringing it back to Huey a little bit, I do think the question for me right now is, does Butcher become the focal point that we worry about and see his addiction and his draw to power, or does he become a new level of antagonist? But the tragic figure has is be. absolutely going to be Huey, I think. The, the sweet, innocent guy that gets he, wrapped up he, in this shithole. He then, has this pathetic yep. moment of desperation, of anger, of feeling powerless. He even says to Starla, let me Skywalker save you. Or anybody. Let me save you for once. But he was powerful. Right. He has all, he's at his lowest moment. And 
that we've essentially seen so far, at least this season. And so he pleads with Butcher to share that power with him. He just wants a fucking taste. And I'll say it was ballsy to take a step closer to Homelander, knowing you will be turned into pink mist. But, that was, but that that's how yeah. desperate he is for the, for the shot. And it's funny because I think the actor did a very good job of portraying that riding the high. And when oh, M.M., yeah. Frenchie, and Kamiko all look at him like, dude, what the fuck did you do? You're better than this. And they all just kind of look and the walk away. And yeah. he's got that, come on, I, uh, uh, you know, scene. And then he's just like yeah. in the car riding the feeling of the power. That is riding so. Riding the high, basically. That is so much a uh, <laughs> Requiem for a Dream kind of thing, kind of moment going on where this is the first start of something very, very bad. While I feel Butcher does understand what he's playing with, even if he is lying to himself, Huey is right. full-blown naive and will be the kind of guy who becomes addicted to it. He just wants the power. He's never had it. Even, And that's the one thing they've done really well. I will say that in, again, retrospect, the first three episodes kind of set up better. He doesn't have power even when he thought he did. Tricked by Newman, tricked into being a pawn in their system, once again limit, limited in what he can do and helping the bad guys and just feeling he can't open a jar without fucking everything up, as he says. He feels emasculated he's he's nothing at this time so i completely see him wanting to go down that route and that was a very so, very dark moment you were gonna so say i want to yeah i want to bring it back to kamiko for just a second we we were talking about her feeling like the monster doesn't want to be turned into the monster but that scene between her and bitch butcher where he basically says, this is the way it's going to be. You're going to do what I fucking tell you to do. I thought, and I don't know if you guys picked up on this or not, but I thought it was very poignant that in the conversation to butcher, she accuses him of selling her just like the women that she's going to quote unquote join for the night with this, Fat bastard of a Russian. Mm -hmm. It's always a fat, ugly guy. You know. Yeah. Why can't it? Why couldn't it be like a good-looking dude? Like you know, right. they just be like just me. At least why couldn't not it be fat? Me? Yeah, why couldn't it be me? You were already in but Supernatural. It... <laughs> <laughs> well, then Kripke should so know I'm you. Like... Storge. Oh, touche. Kripke should know that I'm good so then. <laughs> so as much as I loved the hilarity and absurdity of her using the only weapons that she could find during that dildo, fight, dildo fight all scene. of the dildos uh, of the seven. Um, I also thought it was quite interesting because there's something I felt that they were trying to say, and I don't know if I can put it into words, but you want those dildos? She, no, thank you. You don't want that big ass um, Homelander one? God damn no. Um I mean, I'll wear one, but no, I'm just kidding. Um <laughs> But um I just thought it was very interesting. She accused Butcher of selling her, basically pimping her out. She had become his murder whore, if you 
want to call it that. And then the fact that she was able to accomplish what she was sent to do with objects of sexuality, like there was some sort of interesting parallel or poignancy in that. Am I, am I reading too much into that? I don't know. I just thought it was funny that she smacked the shit out of that dude with a dildo. I mean, like, uh, hello, she shoved it through his head. Well, that's what I'm. That's, and those things are blunted. I mean, I've never played with him. You're, you're taking a guy who is exploiting women and you're beating him to death and his people with phallic objects. Yeah. There's yeah. Okay. The, the use of the iconography helps with the poetry of the scene. So, yes, I agree with you. Yeah. Okay. That that it's a manifestation to is you're physically weaponizing sex when she was dressed up yeah. and weaponizing sex. And <laughs> and sold like yeah. a hooker or a whore yeah. or a sex worker. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for that, Mike. Because I knew there was something there. I just couldn't put it into words. Look, I'm just saying the other chicks didn't look like they were, you know, having a bad time. So I'm wondering if maybe she they were making some some bank to the point. Dude, the one girl shoots her. Right? She's afraid. That was the point. Because that means you're having yeah. fun when the gun comes out. Dude, it's you think she was It's a total who's thing. Down for Russian roulette. Who's when in Rome, some, you well, know, it wasn't a revolver, but yes. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, everyone wins that way. Yeah, gun. That scene, yes, I know, you know, obviously weaponizing sex. I get it. It's just, it's funny. Yeah, it's, the fact it's that a double the, aspect. It, there's, yes, the, it, to me, I'm sitting there just laughing my ass off watching her beat the shit out of people with dildos. Right. But that goes back to what. What we were talking about earlier is you you take good writing and directing and storytelling mm -hmm. and you have the surface level of that's fucking hilarious. But then when you take a second and think about actually what's being said, what's happening and, and the subtext in it, it's just it, to me, it's powerful. But, you know, woman. So mm -hmm. now the real question is, yeah. is wasn't it the uh, black noir one that fell apart? That, that broke into two. So is there some <laughs> subtext there in that one too as well? Let's or? See, who, we'll, we'll see when one of the seven dies. We'll go from there and see, come back to this one to see if it's oh, relevant. But um, yeah, so, so going back a little bit to Huey, I feel like he's definitely going to be the tragic figure of this. And his was a really telling moment because he's desperate and I also think Butcher is, is very, it's made very obvious that Butcher is willing to do pretty much whatever it takes in order to win. And it makes sense that he'd take the drugs. Whereas Huey has always been the voice of reason, the one we have to do it the right way. We got to catch him in the act. This season is changing that. He no longer feels like that's going to work. He's told Starlight, we have to play dirty. We have to play by their rules if we actually want to win. So he sees the Temp V as... Whether or not he's talking about feeling so low and he can't breathe, it's also a little bit of a fight fire with fire. And that's why Butcher was able to recruit him. It's why Huey keeps coming back. It's why Butcher respects him in a way because they do share a lot of similarities. But the sad part of that is Huey is fragile and a normal guy who in many respects is barely able to keep his head above water. And the Homelander and Starlight thing clearly pushed him to the brink. He feels helpless. I get concerned that Butcher will consider using that against, weaponizing that. What can, if, if Huey's, if MM is done, 
and Frenchie's too obsessed with trying to get laid with a best friend thing, whatever the hell his current issue is. And he's also tired of being led like a dog. I mean, he literally like is treated like a dog in this episode. If it gets down to it and Huey's the only one who still follows him, I could see Butcher using that as a weapon to Huey's detriment. He's not above trying to kill Starlight. Already did that. <laughs> How much worse could it get? And that's where we really have to, to keep an eye on that relationship. And, it, you know, that's what's going on with the boys. But the, the other half of this is obviously the soups. And Homelander is really kind of interesting in this episode. He's always been this insecure brute of just pure, raw power who, through, frankly, psychological manipulation, has been corralled and controlled. And now those leashes are off. He's unrestrained. He is unraveling at a rapid pace and... The only thing that's holding him back from doing what that fantasy scene, which he just murders the entire crowd with his laser eyes, is his narcissism and his desire to be loved. And in a and from a writing perspective, that's a very interesting way to essentially what we always talked about with Castiel: clip his wings or take away the power from Superman. If he can do anything, how do you control that? But I I I, I see where you're going with that, Thomas. But I think that's what makes this different: is that there isn't anything to clip his wings and that the dread and the, and the overall just shittiness that you feel because Homelander can't be stopped. Well, no, no, he, he doesn't have anything controlling him other than his own desire to be loved. He said right. it last episode that that's the only thing he cares about. And if I lose that love, what's stopping me from, from just murdering everyone? Yeah. Yeah. He's, he'd rather be loved than feared, but feared's okay too. Yeah. You know? And so that's a nice way to keep some control from a storytelling perspective right. as to why he isn't just doing whatever the fuck and murdering because everybody. That would be a question I would have. How like, the hell why is, he is Homelander just not murdering people? Exactly. Well, okay. He loves the idea of being loved because he's never had that. And even though he's toxic and he's fucked in the head, this type of attention will do just nicely for someone like him. And I think they did a good job with that, but they also did a little bit different with having him show he's not a complete idiot. While he is naive and can sometimes be played on his ego to a ridiculous level, he shows here that he can play with the big boys and has the ability to play the political, social games just as everyone else. He honestly might have learned that from Stormfront. And you know what? To me, that was a big plus for me in this yeah. episode because even though I I love the character Homelander, obviously I hate him as a person, but right. I, I like the what they do with him. He's, he's an interesting yeah. character. But there were moments during the first two seasons that he just feels like a Child. big, powerful idiot. Like, how can someone like this ever really have any type of control? He wouldn't know what to do with it. And by showing us that he is a bit of a, a tactician, that he has some strategy there, suddenly he becomes a different type of threat as well. Yeah. Because he yeah. can play the political game. Yeah. And that's that can get even darker. And he sees through so many things. Foiling Stan's plan is huge, paramount him but he also sees through starlight's scheme and planning that he it, it sets up more 
and it takes away chips from our heroes. Does he see through Starlight's? He knows she. He, he, he says that the he he knows, but that's the thing. Whether he's he realizes it because he's been listening and can hear everything through every wall and shows up randomly, kind of thing, or A Train just flat out tells him he's still aware of it, which makes him more threatening. If he was, and, oh, I and, think A Train was a punk, and oh, A Train's a punk chump, uh, chump, dude. He's he's completely pathetic, and it's and there's that's one thing I don't understand. There's no reason for that, but uh, yeah, I don't. We'll, get we'll that come either. back to that because um, I have a theory in in just a second, but it is it also helps set up by taking away the fact that Starlight and Maeve are going to do this whole like superhero gang up and attack. Homelander, it puts more eggs in the soldier boy basket, which could mean he's even more pivotal as a character in a plot device than we've ever seen. Because right now the scales are completely in Homelander's favor. This is why this episode worked for me ultimately, Mm -hmm. because now I see the point of what they've been doing for the first three episodes and the direction they're going in, because every moment was leading up to this to essentially free Homelander of any type of control. He is There's now no restraints. He is now in control. He has complete autonomy. The scales have tipped completely in his favor. And you're left wondering, well, what the fuck is going to contain him? Well, right now they've introduced soldier boy and he's going to be the balancing of that scale. He's going to be the one that gets in the way of Homelander, whether he's a good guy, which I doubt it, or a bad guy. It doesn't matter. He's going to be an antagonistical force in opposition to Homelander, guaranteed. Otherwise, what the fuck have they been doing the last three Well, I think they've also set that up with the power display in this. For one, he's been, you know he's been just... This is this isn't the same for, soldier boy. He's been fucked for 30, 40 years, whatever the math comes out yeah. to be. Well, they said it in uh, the end of the episode that this isn't the power he he used to he never blast Kamiko. He didn't have before. it. So you immediately get the idea that the Russians have been experimenting on Well, him. and what did his power do? It took away Kamiko's power. Yeah. So That's the very weapon huge. they're looking they've been looking for is probably soldier boy. He, he is, is the, the weapon. weapon. Yeah. Yes. He is the hype. Which I think. <laughs> I tell you what, though. I tell you what, though. That scares the shit out of me for this show. Uh, not in a bad way. It makes me afraid because if he's that powerful and he can take down Homelander, what the fuck are they going to do? They're literally jumping out of the frying pan and into the fire. Yeah, I who, think what they're going to take him down. I think what they're going to do with him is he's been tortured, presumably, like, let's get real. For 30, 40 years, as Mike said, he's not the same arrogant dickhead. At least I think that's where they would take it, that he's not the same person who went into Russia. He has been either beaten or broken or both. And I could easily see him looking at a whole different outlook on the world and what has happened. And he could easily see his powers as a way to take away something that shouldn't be. Or he could be an anti-hero where he's hard to convince and corral, but he is better than the alternatives. I don't know where they they could take it a couple different routes, but I think he will be the reluctant tool weapon hero ally that they need because everything else has been taken away from them. 
as far as tools, yeah. intimidation tactics, blackmail. There's nothing left for Homelander to be controlled other than the fact that you have a walking tank who can nuke his powers. Yeah. The entire season so far is formed around the mystery of Soldier Boy's disappearance. Right. And now they find him. He's been, I'm assuming he's been altered in some way. Oh, yeah. This is the weapon. He's going to be the balancing of the scale. Yeah, he has to be. So uh, that excites me. That's been the most interesting aspect so far because it means he'll have a big role. It's uh, I'm really interested to see how his perspective may have changed. And again, that part's an assumption, but it would be really interesting to have the Captain America aspect played into reality where he's the man out of time. It may not be 40, 60, 80 years like Captain America, depending on when you read the comics, but it's it's still a realistic portrayal within this show. I honestly don't want another superhero who's super powered and a dick and he's an asshole. We've seen We've that. We've seen it a million we times. We understand. We, we it get anymore. it. So I, I that's why I was hoping that they weren't going to do that with yeah. Soldier Boy. And then when I realized that, okay, this guy's been imprisoned for so long, there's no way he's going to be the same person. He's going to be slightly different. He's going to be a threat still, yeah. but he's not going to be that. He's been I don't want to say, well, you don't need another yeah. Homelander. He's been humbled. Yeah. Yeah. He's been humbled. And oh, I think, yeah. and I think that's the best way to describe it because when you, the, the best way to look at it is the winter soldier. Yeah. Yeah. The Winter Soldier the same kind of story. was humbled. And I think that's what's going to happen with Soldier Boy. He goes in as a, just an absolute douchebag and is going to come out. A better cool, person. Just a better, yeah, a, not even a better person, just someone who isn't that same person. And, well, and also, we got to remember the mentality zero. of Soldier Boy. Like, his name is Soldier Boy, but he's not a soldier. He wasn't prepared Correct. to be a prisoner Correct. of war. He's a regular person with power. Yep. He's a douchebag with power. So the fact that he is, was a prisoner of war for 20, 30 years, however long it was, that's not going to sit well with him. It's going to alter who he was Yeah, and without I think, a doubt. I think I'm hoping, like I said, I'm hoping that we get more of a humbled version of him. I don't need another dickhead douchebag yeah, superhero. That's all we ever see. I think we need someone. I mean, honestly, we need someone like Starlight. I mean, because that's, well, I mean, that's truthfully, she, look at some of the, because the, there's a lot of other characters that had some tiny moments in this episode. And I was convinced Supersonic was going to be a betraying asshole because who the fuck isn't. Right. Oh my God. Me too. I, I, I didn't you know, trust him for no. a minute. You know what betrayed Not him? at all. His face, his face betrayed him <laughs> as it got caved in. He, he came to what Starlight overcame, which is yeah. the big city believing that people are good he opened up to A-Train and got fucked for it, whereas Starlight learned from the terrible things that happened to her. I knew that was going to happen. The moment he yeah. decided to bring A-Train into Absolutely. it, I'm like, A-Train is, is a scumbag. Oh, yeah. And there's a few words when he, he legitimately cares what Homelander thinks of him. Which is so pathetic. He said Homelander's yeah. a great man. I'm like, okay, you know what? You just fucked the plan up, buddy. Well, he yelled that. Go back to Minuto. You know, he yelled that for... In case Homelander heard it. Yeah. And I thought maybe he might be turning things around. And that's one of the things that getting into some of the other characters, there's some parts that seem to have moved along and taken things in new and interesting directions. And there's some characters that I'm like, okay, I don't know what the fuck you're doing with this. Like, now. like, like deeps. Why? So real quick. So a train was perhaps the biggest example of that. He's got nothing, zero respect. Homelander helps up the deep, a sex predator, Versus A-Train, 
who is now being replaced by Supersonic and has his family doesn't even respect him. All of this stuff, he is prime material without his powers to have some sort of redemption story or comeuppance and final end. And when given that opportunity, he goes right back to doing what he's always done. The same selfish, shitty behavior. Yeah. I can see maybe if he told Homelander, hey, Supersonic's a traitor, you should kill him because then I'm the only speedster out of that selfish desire. But for what? You can't even run, dude. Yeah. See, this is where I do have problems because um, because I understand that this is the source material. And I understand that most writers want to be respectful of the source material. And by doing so, you're going to have to keep these characters around to a degree. And, the, and then in comic books, they may not have an arc, meaning the classic arc. A character needs to learn something. Otherwise, they're just a flat line. And that's where I do have a problem when you adhere too closely to source material that is a comic book. Because comic books can get away with just having a figure there. But at some point, A-Train's got to learn some lesson because you think he's going to learn a lesson in season one. He doesn't. You think he's going to learn a lesson in season two. He doesn't. You think he's going to learn a lesson in season three. <laughs> he, doesn't. he doesn't. So they either need to have him move his arc and give him an arc, I should say, or remove him from the table. Because we don't need a, some random character who just does what other random characters do. Yeah. And so that's the thing. I, I, while, I, while I agree with that, um, you guys sound a little confused and maybe I'm wrong, but you sound a little confused as to why he would. I absolutely 100% believe that he went to Homelander with the information that Supersonic gave him. Because... In his mind, all he has, all he has going for him is his super speed and being part of the seven. Well, now that his super speed is gone, the only thing he has is being part of the seven. And knowing that, especially the way that Homelander has treated him from episode one of this season, he gets no respect from Homelander and he knows that he's barely hanging on to being part of the seven. So the, what he's going to do is he's going to take that information that he has, give it to Homelander, ingratiate him back into his good graces. And he gets to stay on the seven for just a little bit longer. And honestly, I don't think he cares one shit about what happens to Supersonic or anybody else that's trying to take Homelander down. Because he knows that if Homelander's gone, he's gone, and then he has nothing. No, it's true that he'll do anything to remain part of the Seven and be the, quote, fastest man on the, on the planet or in the world, whatever, but... It, it, we're not disagreeing with that. I don't think he likes Homelander like he has some odd like, obsession with him. I no. think he is using him as as a branch to swing from. It's an opportunity, and that's why he is Absolutely. staying on his side. But my point is, is that he's been doing the exact same For three thing. three years now. He's been trying to stay on the seven and win Homelander over again since season one when he fucked up with the with the V. When they, when yeah. he overdosing with the overdosing, like ever since then, he's been doing the same thing over and over, it's trying to, to win over Homelander and to make sure he has a place on the seven. We thought he was going to have a redemption arc to some point with the whole heart attack thing. We thought he was going to become a villain in some point 
of, of actual threat and merit. Instead, he's just continuing to do the same thing. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. I don't disagree and now he's with mopey you about it. Exactly. I don't disagree with what you're saying. That's exactly the case he's in. Yeah. But it's time from a storytelling perspective to shit or get off the pot metaphorically. Yeah. Look at Supernatural. How much has changed for characters in three seasons? Yes, there's more episodes, but still. And, and well, he's and just been the is, same place since he killed his girlfriend and got fat. <laughs> well, and the the yeah. the funny thing is Ashley has a better story arc in the last three seasons yes, than he has. exactly. And she's now not even intimidated by him because he can't run. He's a nobody. So it's time to take his right. story in a different direction. I find Ashley more interesting than probably oh, yeah. half of the leads I at hate, this point. Well, Maeve's another her. one where well, she's... I don't like her, but I find her interesting. Exactly. Yeah. She's a terrible yeah. person who I like to watch because it's more interesting than watching Maeve dick around in her room with no one. I'd like to watch Maeve dick I around. Wanna, I want to nitpick something here. <laughs> You know what? No, I don't. No, no, do it. You already mentioned it. You, you fucked up. I'm not sure how to word this or if this even makes sense. And I know we're dealing with essentially a comic book genre. Mm -hmm. Okay. Maeve isn't really a warrior. Why does she practice with a sword? What's the sword made of like, that where it would matter? What are you doing? Why, 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 are, you, why are you, like, <laughs> you are playing dress up. You're not really a superhero. So why don't you pick up a couple fucking guns and go after Homelander that way? Get some weapons, hold a rocket launcher. Why she are you practicing with swords? Or she has super strength. She has super strength. And I know that's yeah. a comic book. And I know you could say the same thing about Superman. Why does Superman wear a cape and a costume? He yeah. can just walk around in like a cool like camo and, and see, knock people see, here's out. here's the thing. But that's the problem I have with comic book genres because it doesn't quite make sense. Some of the weapons they choose Wonder Woman, which is what she's modeled after. Right. Makes, makes sense, sense because that's her culture. That's where she's from. She's a goddess. She's trained with it. It's fucking magical. Was given a prop and said, this is what you do. Exactly. That is the, the that <laughs> is something. Weird. But, that, but that's the point but, of, but of, of essence, thoughts control over the superheroes. Is that you. is that yes. she was given the sword because she's supposed to be the warrior goddess when really she just has super strength. Right. So so that's the whole fun and faux pas of the of her character as supposed to be. It's supposed to be right. So yeah. it's just for our benefit. Yes. But when you dig into the realities of the world that we're in, yeah, which it, is it a, doesn't make sense. I'm just like why. It doesn't really make a lot of sense. That, that's because it's one funny. thing that I thought too. Wonder Woman in the comic books, her sword is fucking magic. She trained with it since she was a child, and it's one of the few weapons that can actually hurt Superman. Fair enough. Let's let her have it because it's not going to break when you use it. What you said is exactly right. Queen Maeve, what we know of her powers is super strength. So the prop is at best made of steel and completely worthless against anybody of merit. So why are you training with it? Why not show her well, training maybe, with some other soup that we've never seen? Maybe she's to training be doing with the something sword of relevance because she's going to hold Soldier Boy and swing him around. Maybe that's what it is. Like she's just, just using she, the sword as a stand-in for Soldier Boy's body. I'm just tired of her being mopey and doing nothing on screen. That's well, and thing. I think that's one of the reasons why, in my personal opinion, why her character is not as in involved in the plot or but that's where we come back to i feel because like because you can't really do anything with her that's where i feel like we come back to what mike is saying we need to kind of kill off some of these characters that's my pro that's my the entire deep, point the this. deep we thought was going to be this redemption arc and he's just as much of a shit heel he's as back ever to who he was in a season train one. we thought it, we were going to have some sort of redemption arc or comeuppance he's the same shit heel as the ever thing, the thing with queen the deep is his has, wife his wife is the one controlling him right now and i think that's where we're 
I think that's where we're going to see something come, come to a head with that because everything that's coming out of his mouth is literally from his wife. It has right. nothing to do with him. So I feel but like, what does that have to do with anything? Well, I think we're going to find out. Is, we still have some episodes left, Thomas. The I don't church know if you, is not relevant. Okay, the leader hold, was hold, killed. Hold on one second. Hold on. Let's backtrack. Hold on one second. You are right. And that part is an interesting angle, but he has always been just a mouthpiece. Yeah. Of course. First season, he was manipulated. Second season, he was manipulated. Third season, he's being manipulated again. What is the fucking point? point? So you have to shit or get after the pot. So if her, if the wife doesn't have her own agenda that comes through by the end of this season, I'm just going to fucking throw my hands up. Like, yeah. why are we dealing with this character again? Yeah. If there well, is no I, point. I will tell you guys this. Okay. We do have some episodes left. So let's see what happens going forward. <laughs> If I had said this last season, you could just have said that too. Well, we have four more episodes and, and nothing came of it. I could keep saying it. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I mean, I just have, I just have a lot of problems. Yeah. I'm starting to have a lot of problems with the ancillary stuff, not the main story. Look at Newman. Her story seems to have been altered drastically. So is the political angle completely over? Is the pharmaceutical aspect that's been being built towards since season one, one over now or is she just now protecting her own family and that's going to be the route well, that's, that's kind of boring I, frankly i think the temp v is going to come into play with that yeah. I, feel, I feel like that's kind of boring because we already have ryan who we're trying to protect family and huey trying to protect his dad in the first point and mm trying to protect his daughter i don't need another it's, nameless it's fucking kid same. to be exactly i don't need another nameless fucking kid to sit there and whinge about how oh we got to protect the children kind of you thing. guys like this show i do like i, I do, just but i just said i like a few things i like the regular the main storyline is good only a sith deals in absolutes ryan you can disagree on certain parts while still liking it yes when you think about it <laughs> when you think about it the the core of our discussion has been built around soldier boy huey butcher and homelander right, and starlight only, the only things that we really because care about. those are the characters that actually have a purpose the other ones i'm not quite sure of anymore yeah like newman okay, might so have a purpose edgar could have a purpose I because think he that will. scene was so fu he is so fucking scared i'm more scared oh, of him than homelander yeah. when homelander yeah, goes absolutely. in to the room and says your heart rate doesn't even change when i enter i mean he doesn't give a shit. He's not afraid of no. nothing. Dude, what I love too, kudos to the actor, because you feel the pain when he asks Newman why at the press release. Oh, uh, Giancarlo Esposito is amazing. And then the very next scene you see him, he's like not giving a fuck about Homelander and like slams the glass. And you're just like, God damn. Well, not only that, he says he's he's proud of her because of anything. And he smiles mm -hmm. when he says it. Like, I fully believe that that is the truth coming out of his mouth. He is proud of her because he, if anything, he's taught her to play both sides. So the first scene with him at the, at the press conference was just base shock reaction. But then after his calculating mind had a chance to think about it, he was like, fuck, she's good. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and that was good, but I, I'm also still curious, too, because I like what he said about the weight of having no one around you will crush you, and that, yes. that's, some, that's some fucking Shakespearean shit right well, there. Because he's always had... A safety a net. net. Yeah. Always. He only yep. can, he now he will fail, do or die, fail on his own. And that is going to be a huge part. So I'm still excited about Edgar. Newman, yeah. I'm a little excited about, but I enjoyed the political, more modern take on how do you fight something that can't be beaten sort of aspect rather than a more of a personal story. I, I genuinely don't care about another kid at this point. And I will say, 
giving your kid compound V to make them a soup is really iffy because they could be Maeve and Homelander or they could be like, I, I can regrow limbs and that's it. Yeah. Like that one guy. <laughs> right. Th there's no like algorithm for what powers you get. It's kind of a roll of the yeah. dice. So they could turn into some sort of fucked up mutant. You don't know. Yeah. Hi, honey, uh, so, hold, hold still. So your vagina is going to turn into a, a shark's <laughs> a mouth. Sarlacc. A sarlacc. Oh, God. But like Frenchie is also, so the oh. deep is just kind of floating around like a turd in a septic tank. The A train okay, is I hanging out and Maeve is hanging out. Frenchie's just hanging out. There's a lot of people just taking up time okay, without hold, moving hold things second. forward. Yeah. All right. Hold on a second. So we all just talked about the fact that the first three episodes were nothing but set up pretty much just set up because we had to move characters where we needed them to be. The storyline was changing. We had to open another chapter and all this business. So I think they took the time. Now, this is just my personal opinion. I think they took the time to do the setup, um, you know, closing of chapters and setting up for the, the new stuff that's coming for the main storyline. And I think now that we're focused on Soldier Boy, Homelander, Butcher, Starlight, Huey, all that business, I really think that all these things that are going on in the background are going to be important somehow later. Um, but you've got to give them a chance to do their setup as well. Like they had to focus on the main characters and then now they're kind of working to move the ancillary characters around like you were saying, Mike. I personally believe that by the end of season four, this show is not going to look like it did at the beginning of season. I'm sorry, the, the end of season three is not going to look like the beginning. I think we're going to have some major character deaths. I think that um, like I, not everybody in the in the boys group is going to come out unscathed. I don't think everybody in the. Um, in the soups are going to come out unscathed. And I kind of feel like that whatever is going on with the wife and the deep is going to end up coming to a head or we're going to get revealed by the end of the season. Because I actually wrote in my notes that his wife is super creepy and up to something and she's pushing the deep towards something. I just don't know what it is. She's yet. not even good so, looking. So here's the thing that all could be true. Yes. And there are more episodes and another season's been announced. So we do have to give it some time. I'm just saying compared to seasons one and two and how tight that was and moving things forward and the intrigue over what happened with the Colonel and her kids and Lamplighter and Frenchie's failure on that part and Homelander and Butcher and, and Becca and the drive for that. I feel like there's a lot of characters that don't have an immediate purpose and either we need to trim the hedges a bit or some things have to be relevant There's moving forward. Because right now it's saying yeah. all the plot lines could be relevant. Well, that was also true with Game of Thrones. But it depends yeah. on how they execute it. Well, so there are certain characters as kind of going with what av was talking about i do agree there's going to be some character deaths it just feels like it's going in that direction they do need to clear the board a bit because there is a lot of characters just floating and 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 i'm sure we'll figure them out eventually mm -hmm. but my point is is that they also have to be careful who they kill yeah because if you kill kamiko then what's the point of saving her exactly you got to be careful what do you mean saving her the whole 
saving her life and recruiting her. Feeling and, like a monster. Yes. Like, what's the point of that? If and, she just dies. If she just dies. What's the point of following that character if she's just killed off? Now, if it serves some grand purpose... And it moves the entire story forward, then that type of death will matter. Frenchie makes there's more certain, sense. In Frenchie that would make more sense because there's nothing hinging on his overall development as a character since day one. And so, if you were to kill him, it would serve more as a driving force for Kamiko to be a, a part of this, an emotional way to propel the plot forward yeah. for the next season, to give people a reason to come together, unite. It creates more. Things to do. I'm Higher sorry, scales. my phone is going off. Was this your first show? Uh, yeah. Anyways, <laughs> anyways, they, they have to be careful. And I do have confidence in Kripke. I mean, he's a good, he's a great showrunner. And he um, knows how to keep those plates spinning. I, I yeah, I will say this isn't his, his greatest work, though. I mean, this th- season, this season yeah. isn't as as good as it has been. Right. Now, again, Variety has an article about how they've renewed it for season four. The show has been shooting essentially back to back. I didn't know this. Apparently, viewership has increased by 17% from season Jeez, two to season three. Was it Jensen Ackles and his That's all, all Supernatural fans. <laughs> 17% of all the viewers are Supernatural fans. Yeah. It could be. Hey, they ended season 15. They announced him in The Boys. And then they went over to the boys. That's here, exactly what happened. But here's the other number. So it's 17% increase from season two premiere to season three and a 234% from season one. That's some Holy fucking shit. stellar numbers, dude. <laughs> That's, That's impressive. Nuts. Yeah. So we know there's going to be plenty more to come. I am excited about that. So I just question. want to see things move a little bit faster now that we're at the halfway point this season okay so question and don't stone me for possibly <laughs> saying blasphemous things against nope, eric get Kripke. the rocks get the rocks however we know from season one through five of supernatural that the man works the best under dire circumstances never knowing whether you're going right. to be renewed or not he never was able to get comfortable he had the smoke them if you got them yeah mentality and and phrase that he used on supernatural do we think that because the boys has had such an amazing reception and viewership and amazon is basically telling him he can kind of just do whatever he wants to do you think he's getting a little comfortable it's funny that you bring this up because his writing isn't as good because he's not under that pressure. It's funny that you bring this up because it's one thing that Mike and I talked. We about. talked about that yes, <laughs> this morning. We talked about that this morning, uh, this morning. And with the first three episodes, we talked about it because I had watched two of the three and we were on the phone talking because I said, the fact of the matter is pressure makes diamonds, right? And yeah. if Kripke was at his best because he didn't know if he'd have another season, we did wonder, is this fact that he has a safety net of major popularity, a platform that has the money, and renewed for another season ahead of time, does that allow for bad habits to come into play? Or is it a producer influence from certain key names who are on this project who have had shown similar tendencies to do gross out graphic shit? 
to push the envelope? And are they putting pressure on How him to do the same? How fucking dare you two <laughs> talk about Lord Kripke like that? You two are fucking poser fans. Listen, it happens to blasphemers. It happens to everyone. Fucking when blasphemers. You, when you're no longer hungry, you know, you don't work as hard. So, right. I mean, listen, I'm not saying this season is is shitty. I'm just saying that this is not Kripke's best work. It's just not. Well, and that's the funny thing. Saying this isn't Kripke's best work is still a hundred times better than (laughs) most people's best work. (laughs) Yes. You're going to see. Exactly. Absolutely. It's not terrible. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) It blew out at the perfect time. Yeah, I just, I don't, there's a few things that I worry about, and we'll talk about it more with the next episode, because yeah. I know there's a lot of controversy surrounding the the politics in in, yeah. the, in the last episode, episode five? Five, yeah. Um, I don't want him, I just, I want him to continue to dissect the social climate, whether it be left-wing politics right-wing. or right-wing politics, yeah. and I don't want him Needs to be no bias. I don't no want bias. Yes, that's the only thing I'm Make afraid fun of. of. Both of them, because I've seen a lot of actors do that, where they start off. Actors and writers start start off in the middle, in order to appeal to dissect our culture fairly, and then they get that success from Hollywood. Yeah, and then they know that predominantly Hollywood is very left in thinking. Yeah. And they're not willing many times to look at things more objectively and realize that you might not always be right. So I'm hoping he doesn't fall into that trap. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what happens. Overall, as I had mentioned a few moments ago, the, the season, I was worrying about it at the end of the third episode. However, this episode did bring a lot of things together. And with them setting up like the theme of, you know, beware of hunting monsters because that's what could happen to you. You can become the very thing you hunt. And then not only do they create that theme, but then they have subsequent character arcs, then strengthen that thematic element. It starts with Kamiko. Then it rolls over to Butcher and the aesthetics that they built around that idea of it being a drug addiction. Mm. Then you have Huey in the state of desperation pleading for the drug because why not because he knows what it feels like because he is tired of being weak so he actually wants to become the thing he's hunting so the fact that they brought all that together that's why ultimately i feel like this episode is very strong and i'm going to give it a 90 percent. all right ryan what about you uh i was going to give it a 91 um I enjoyed this episode quite a bit. I I mean, mainly that extra 1% for Jensen's ass. Oh, oh you know what? You know what? 90.5. Yep. Oh, you're going to go up oh, 0.5. Jesus. Okay. Um, I think. That's only because he couldn't see his dick. Yeah, <laughs> if I had seen his dick, it would have been 102. Oh, I, I zoomed in. <laughs> I, um, oh, by the way, uh, Stacy Fleener is watching the live video, and she said that he said, Jensen, Said that nothing was between him and his new cast members except a sock. Get a sock on his yeah. dong? That means he's got a big dong, yeah. dude. I'd have to wear a baby um, sock. You yeah. know, like an infant sock. One of those, I, one of those well, shoe liners. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, you know those yeah. things they give to you when you want to try shoes on? Yeah. <laughs> that, that, those see-through ones? Yeah. Yeah. Would you start it from the base of your balls, though? Because that's what it would cover. I'd start from my asshole. <laughs> Butt to tip. I'm totally 10 inches. <laughs> Butt to tip. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think... What the ultimately what I liked about this episode is I think we were all in agreement that the first three episodes we kind of were unsure what direction we were going, um, and not in a bad way, just kind of like, just kind of getting the season started. Yeah, and I think with this episode it's like okay, here's where we're at. This is where we're going. This is what we're doing. This is where Soldier Boy fits in. And I think that's where we were kind of confused with the first three episodes. We were like, okay, well, he's mentioned, but what, what is his bigger purpose? Yeah, what's happening? What's going on? And I think now we've got a, a nice direction on, on you know, the season. And I, and I think that's what we needed. Um, I do agree that some of the the, the side characters, the ancillary characters, are, I, understand, I understand what you guys mean. I just didn't let it really bug me to a point. Um, I think if we go to the end of the season and some of these stories aren't wrapped up or, or moved along, I, I will probably be on the same page with you guys, but for, for now I can cut them a little bit of slack. We do have some episodes left. So, um, but yeah, it's a 91. It was freaking awesome. I love seeing Jensen play something other than Dean. I, I don't know. I don't know. I probably get ripped for that, but like seeing him play something else is, is pretty cool. Yeah. AV, what about you? What are your thoughts on this final review? Um, so I'm, I'm with you guys. I am in love with this show. I have been since season one. Um, I will have to say first three episodes when I got done with them, I enjoyed them, but I, I felt they were very slow. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, the story didn't move along all that quickly. However, with episode four, I agree with Mike. I think it takes those three episodes, ties it in nicely with um, episode four. And I I know I've said this before on other shows, but I, I feel like this is the episode where they're starting to put their foot down on the gas pedal. Mm -hmm. And I think it's just going to be balls to the wall from here on out. Um, I just, I love... The writing and and the text and subtext in the show and then the fact that you can dig into it and how they're able to tie the different te themes throughout the show it's it's just it's a smart it's show a really it really is it yeah. really really is um so i'm also going to give it a 90 um, however, I'm going to add 17% to that because of all of the supernatural fans that came over to see Jensen's ass. And so it's going to be a uh, 117 <laughs> or 107. Our, our first 107 at <laughs> 117 though. I mean, that was that's some ass. Well, that's because I, I can't count and it's late, uh, but no, I'll, officially. So what's I'll your, what, what was your real score then? 90% you said? A 90. 90. Yeah. yeah. Yep. You know, really fast times before you get into your final thoughts, you know, we're talking about our problems with the first three episodes, but when you look at our score, it averages to an 88%. I'm sorry, an 86% mm -hmm. for those first three episodes. That goes back to what AV said, that even though this, this season has some problems, it's still Kripke doing good work. Think about this. We're comparing Kripke with Kripke. We're not comparing Kripke <laughs> with other writers. True, true. It's it's the teacher that wants more because they've seen you do better work. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, I hate that's, those fucking teachers. That's kind of where I'm coming from is, is that same mentality. The ones who have hope and faith in your abilities. You they want to see the best out of those. you and know you can strive for greater. Fuck you, teacher. Okay. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do kind of take that stance because... Well, I, I, I'm harsh because I care, right? We've, we're comparing it Kripke to Kripke. It, it, wasn't, it hasn't necessarily been his best, but it doesn't mean by any stretch that it's been bad. And when I say his, I mean him and his team because obviously he hasn't written every episode. Right. Um, I love seeing Meredith Glenn behind the, the, the pen yeah. on this episode. I think she does a very good job with Kimiko's story elements. And a lot of the yes. themes, I think, really come to a head in this episode. And it does move things along at a much faster pace than the first three. So despite the issues I have with some of the side characters just kind of taking up time, I do give this one a 90% as well with a with a asterisk plus 1% for the ass. Oh, look at us. Yes. All on the same page. Wow, here. we all, yeah, we all, it's like we all just really so It's all that it's like a little bit better than the last couple, which were already really good. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of the ass comments. Yeah, well, you know that's it what sounds like. We've waited 15 years to see that ass. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got halfway through season three. We have episode five. We've got a review here soon, and then I think Herogasm is episode six. That yeah. is going to be an it interesting is. moment for everyone. I think. You know, I will say this because I have seen episode five, mm-hmm. and. Knowing that episode six is coming up, I'm like, how the fuck are we going to go from where episode A five to B. ended? <laughs> I watched five, too. Into hero I, gasm. I totally like, agree. I don't know where the hell are we doing we that? Got. Yeah. <laughs> well, we've, if there's one thing we learned from the opening of episode one, you can boldly go where no one should go before. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> and, to and, a things can, and things can shift right on into a, dime. a urethra. Things can shift on a dime. <laughs> so we'll see what happens there. But... What'd you have? I just, I still, okay. I just, before we end the show, hold on. I don't know if I'm looking forward to the hero gasm. I don't know, dude. I'm I'm scared. That's what I'm talking about. There's always so much I could take. I'm still trying to figure out how a miniature person inside your pee hole feels good. Like, I don't ask Thomas. Look up sounding. I'm good. I it's don't need to look. He likes pee hole plays. <laughs> no, I do not. I, I, just, I had an I, accident I don't, once. I don't see. Oh, what? An accident? You don't even play in that area with the pee hole. It's a pee hole. <laughs> the most pee, pee hole action you get is if, when you, if a woman is, uh, you know, what? flicking her tongue in the pee hole. And I mean, what if that tongue has a tongue ring? Oh, dear oh, God. Oh, Accidents oh, happen, wow. children. Be careful out there. <laughs> I just, the like, more I you know. I just don't. I. I I know what it's like when I'm pee. Okay, what was she doing? Trying to lick the tip of your dick off? Like how does how <laughs> well, does this isn't the Rain an Man aggra- show? That's an aggressive this isn't the lick. Rain Man show. We'll get into it later. This this has to do with what we're talking about. I, I don't understand the the yeah. What is she doing? Of that? Like what, you've, okay, so in any movie in which there's a, a femme fatale she, comedy and she's like licking the banana, right? Okay, right. you line that up correctly. Oh, fuck. and just by accident. <laughs> that can happen because oh. it did. Not a fan. Hmm. I just and so I, from there I learned that is not something not, I want to do. I just don't see it. Like, but how apparently that feels it is good. a thing that people enjoy. I don't necessarily understand it, but that huh. guy did. Huh? Hmm. Well, he didn't enjoy it for very long. Not, well, you know, <laughs> not for long. I, I just asked a simple question. That's it. Yeah, that's all I had. I'm not the whole play is not for me. No, I'd rather fuck fat girls. <laughs> 
god. I'm sorry. That's zero what? to a hundred. Oh man. I'm just trying to live up to the debauchery of the show. Of we're the discussing. show. Oh, right, right, right. There's right. a giant dick in the first episode. I think we all know what what platform we're playing with here. Jesus. So, hero gasm. Uh, I think everyone's going to need, like, that should be a drinking episode. I just, look, uh, here's the thing. Maybe uh, I should. Or here's, a cigarette episode. Oh. How are they going to get away with well, that? The, honestly, dude, that's one of the things, that's going to make or break this show for some How do they people. get away with it? Because, like, I, I think about this in my head, like, for example, when they announce Negan for Walking uh-huh. Dead, I'm like, how the fuck mm. are they going to do that? Like, the guy Poorly. drops... Like the guy's gonna drop an f bomb every third sentence. He literally is the biggest cocksucker on the planet. Mm-hmm. He makes the governor look like a piece of shit, like a, a fucking altar boy. Like, how are they gonna do that? And they failed, right? And well, but uh, in they, defense, though? in they defense, failed. that was cable television, I, and this I is get, Amazon Prime. I get that, but they're not gonna be able to show titties and dicks and shit. Yeah, like, again. Yeah, they can. They can. Uh, the, the, yeah, they can. AV, AV is right. With network television, even though it's on cable, they still have to worry about advertisers. Correct. Amazon yeah. doesn't worry about advertisers. They, because they, they own They're their own platform. I don't so, know, here, So here's the thing. I don't know. Pe- That's people, not the People are paying to see this show. And not only that, it's already rated 18 plus. That's so. not really the concern. The concern is not, oh, are people going to be offended I don't necessarily? Care, I don't give a fuck about people. Are they going to watch it? The question is going to be, is that going to be the thing that turns off so many fans? Weirdly, especially in America, we're okay with watching someone choke to death on their own jawless body of blood. Right. In episode one. But you show some sex. But you show someone having sex of any kind, and that's the aspect that was talked about the on the look, internet. You, yeah. you got, look, guys. It was the I wasn't, dick exploding part. I wasn't asking. <laughs> protest the rest violence. Of it. Hold on. I wasn't asking because I didn't approve or I don't think. I was asking more or less like. If they yeah, don't no, get, get this it. right, no, 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 no. I'm saying and, fuck up a and lot that's of what I'm saying. If they don't, depending on how graphic they do it. But oh, you're thinking they're will, not going to show it. Yeah, will be the I, point in which a lot of people could turn off from the show and, and it could push the envelope too I, far for the mainstream. There's a couple. It's it's like a double edged sword here because if they don't do it justice, there's the fans that are going to go, oh, this isn't fucking right. And then you've got the other fans, like you're talking about, Thomas, that are going, well, what the fuck is this? And I think you're you're in this weird gray for the purposes area. Of, for the purposes of this show, though, use, instead of saying double-edged sword, they double-ended dildo. dildo. Right. Yeah. yeah, double-ended. Yeah, for the purposes right. of this show. Yeah, a, a uh, you know, black noir double-ender. Yeah. Right, yeah. And so you you run into this weird conundrum of like, okay, if we don't do this right, people are going to be upset. And if we do do this right, there are going to be people who are going to be upset because they don't know what the fuck's going on. So I yeah, think you're, you're a in a well, hopefully You're talking about fan expectation? Yeah. So yeah, well, hopefully well, Kripke takes his um, fuck it, I don't care attitude and just Well, that's what I hope. It. Well, I, I want to say, okay, so in between the production of season two and season three, Originally, they said they weren't going to do it. Yeah, yeah. I remember that. Mm-hmm. They said they weren't going to do it at all. And then they decided they were going to do it. But if I remember correctly, I'll see if I can find the interview. Kripke said that they made some compromises with Amazon. So yeah, you'd that's, have that, to. Yeah. That's what I'm worried about. Yeah. What well, are these And with the actors. I'm, uh, look, I, it'll probably... I don't want to say... It. They did say that Soldier Boy and Homelander... Will not be fucking. Yeah. Right. They said that straight out. And I believe yep. the strategy behind that was so there are no expectations right. for some of the sickos. Right. They're just right. like, well, I, 
not sickos, pervs. Pervs are better. Pervs, pervs. But the pervs who are just dying to see, to see you know, Jensen and and Anthony yeah. Starr fuck each other. <laughs> Simulated fucking. Simulated fucking. Yeah, right, not not yeah. real fucking. No. Simulated. Right. Strap on. I mean, we already got to see Anthony Starr himself, right? <laughs> That's right. Charades. How much do you need? So. You, because we've watched Jensen on screen for so many years. It's going to be weird. Yeah. Yeah, it will. I was, th- I was thinking about that. Yeah. Even when I saw his ass in this episode. You were it, like. I was like, wait a second. I'm not supposed to see this. Yeah, this is weird. Yeah. <laughs> it, it is weird because all you've ever really seen is Sam shirtless in Supernatural. Yeah. So in, in reality, you're like, in your head, you're like, I know this guy. I've seen this guy for years. I've never seen any part of his body other than like. You know, shirtless. And that's yeah. exactly the inner monologue of Meredith yeah. Glenn when she was writing the episode. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I tweeted her, by the way. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Yes. Yes. I said, I, I added her. I added her and said, can we, can we please get a screenshot for the script page that has Jensen's direction for his <laughs> cheeky entrance in episode four? <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's embarrassing now. Oh, I'm going to find that's it and perfect. retweet it. I'm going to go retweet yeah, that. Yeah, go retweet it, guys. Go retweet it so I can, hopefully oh, she fuck. responds. Here we go. Now we're going to earn a reputation for this show. Whatever. Haven't we already? We have reputations for all other shows, so fuck it. I was hoping to keep this show clean. Clean, air quotes. <laughs> <laughs> clean. Oh, that's funny. All right. Well, we'll see what happens with that. But Jesus Christ, I don't know if anyone's going to be really prepared for it. So I still just love that. The fact that first episode she writes his ass on this show. Yeah. So do you think she's trying to get on to Walker on the CW to try to get Sam out of some clothes? Or I just want to get some clothes. I feel like I think I she made like her choice between the two. Jared's got to show up now and show his ass just to make it fair. Listen, there'll be some writer on Supernatural like, all right, uh, Jensen <laughs> has shown his ass. Now Jared must show his dick. That's just only fair. Got to one up. Got to one up. And Misha can show his they, asshole. You know what they should, they should have done? They should have saved the dick soup for Jared, the one that has the extended dick. That's the that's who they should have saved for. Did Jared. you hear what Kripke said? Did you read that article no. uh, a couple of days ago? He was being interviewed, and they mentioned Jared. Whether or not he thinks maybe Jared will ever make come on the show. Yeah. And he said, listen, if Jared called me today and said, hey, can I have a cameo? He said, I will definitely write him something. So oh, of course it's only a matter of time oh, before be we good. get Jared in yeah. some capacity. <laughs> they should have saved the extendo dick guy for him. I don't think he has the balls for the boys. I, yeah. Yeah, that's her superpower. She oh, has his so balls rude. in a purse. I shouldn't say that. I'm gonna delete that. <laughs> Don't delete that. Now, if people who are just the boys fans have no idea what we're talking about, basically that these characters were characters from Supernatural. So right. worked hopefully together that was, for 15 years. So yeah. look, if you don't know that, then come on. Yeah. All right. I think I think we just gotta prep ourselves for the next couple of weeks. I can't wait to show. orgasm during oh, orgasm. Okay. Well, with that, we're going to say I'm going to attempt some pee hole play during that episode. <laughs> yeah, put a glass yeah. shard in there. And oh, oh, oh. oh, it shrank. I was thinking like a Q-tip or a bobby pin, just kind of wiggle a it around. Q-tip? Right. <laughs> the choices that you're making. Listen, you could tell. I have no idea how it's done. <laughs> how are you getting that in your, in your pee hole? First of all, that's possible. I'm like that guy that goes to the hospital with a dildo stuck in his ass. Because <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Someone's going to end up in the hospital. Ryan just died. 
All right. I think we ended there. So thank you all for listening to the show. And uh, we'll see you for our discussion of episode five soon enough. And then... Uh, God knows what we happens after that. We would never have gotten this dirty on Supernatural. No, it goes to show you what the boys allows us to do. It's horrible. It's I'm heinous. Crying. I'm fucking crying. All right. Thank you, everyone. We'll see you next time. <laughs> Jesus <laughs> Christ. You should fuck off, Huey.